Welcome to the Ontario Outdoor Pursuit Podcast. This Ontario-generated podcast is here to talk outdoor living, fishing, and hunting. Give all kinds of geeky tech talks and hunting tips with things that have worked for us. We all have a story to tell, and here's ours. Are you? Yeah. Well, you gotta tell me when you're starting here. Well, I told you to get, shut told her you down. To gain yourself. Shut her down. Fire nope. it up. We're firing. We're going. That that one's for Chris. Oh, that's Chris's. Take two. No, this is the same take. This is going full raw. Yeah, he'll just take three. He'll just yeah. <laughs> just just cut that out. <laughs> this is supposed to be a HOD special special guest <laughs> host, the big host, the creator, T Rev of HOD. <laughs> Oh, it's making the blooper real. Yeah, I, this this should be on full video right now for YouTube. Yeah, just shut it off. We'll start again. No, no, this is that. great. We're oh. rolling this. We're 100. <laughs> He's putting all this up. This is this is going on the B-roll. blooper reel. B-roll. This B-roll. Is, no, this ain't B-roll. This is straight A-roll. We're starting. I think I'm gonna start my own podcast. Call it the Shit Show. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? You think that'll go? <laughs> it could. All this long in. time. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Three, two, one. Welcome back to the eleventh. Wednesday. This is the tenth. The tenth. Yeah. Tenth F episode. Whitetail Wednesdays of twenty twenty. I am Trevor of H O D Heathen Outdoors, your guest host. Today we're gonna interview yours truly, Cam Dolan of Ontario oh, Out. That's close. Uh, it's whatever. Of Ontario Outdoor Pursuit. <laughs> Yeah, tomato, tomato, exactly. Online we have Chris McQueen. What is happening? The other side of the heathens. What's up, brother? What is going on? Tables are turning. We are interviewing you, Cameron. Yeah, I'm ready. Fire away. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, big roller coaster, kind of. The ride came to an end for you here Too big. early this week. Too big. I'm not a fan of amusement parks. So. Really? No, I don't mind. I don't mind Canada's Wonderland. You're not all that of an amusing guy anyways. But. Yeah, well, I, I would say the polar opposite of you. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So give us a little rundown of what happened here. You want to start out? Uh, Cam shot him a two-and-a-half-year-old buck, and he had a little bit of history with it. And uh, why don't you give us a little, give your listeners a little rundown of what kind of history you had with this young feller here. Yeah, so if uh, for all the people that did follow along, um, I got a little lucky at the beginning of season. And very scarce the freezers were on meat. So I was most certainly targeting a deer that was, you know, over 160 pounds to specifically fill the freezer. I really wanted to put something. 100%. That, right? That frosty ice in the side of the freezer, that's only good for making snow cones. <laughs> that's right. So uh, I believe before I had shot this buck that um, I had another experience with him earlier on in the season and I arrowed a buck, which I believe to be this buck. Um, he came out to my decoy. It was actually November or October 28th is when I got the 28th. I got him on video. So we come into the decoy 
popped him on. I only got him like the other bucks coming out, right? I didn't have him specifically, but it was that day, that morning. So I had him come into the decoy, made a shot that was high. I'm thinking at this point, given the blood, the tracking we did, we did over 650 yards, me and my buddy Tyler, and uh, didn't retrieve the deer. We checked high and low. I got dogs on it. Yeah, you actually you actually called up tracking dogs. I remember you. you were, I was talking to you on the phone about that. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was a series of misfortune, and uh, that's okay. You can crack that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cold beverage. Now. Yeah, that's a cold beverage right there. And, um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't work out in my favor. And since then I, you know, said, okay, well maybe if I made a bad shot, I need to be practicing daily, day in, day out. And, um, I don't know. It seems that my, my shooting to paper is good, whether it's my nerves that I get worked up on doesn't allow me to, you know, do the deed. Um, but it, it didn't happen. So I got, Got out the other night. I did a hang and hunt. We're, we're fast tracking now to uh, December the 14th. So Monday, Monday You're night. Going. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is it one day this year, Queener? It's December 14th, yeah. 2019. Hey, brother. Yeah, December 14th, yeah. That's it was cool. exactly, exactly a year ago. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah, so I got out, did a hang and hunt. I hunted the morning. Uh didn't feel confident in the tree I had sat in. It was uh, the tree that blew over and just about smashed one of my cameras this year. So it was kind of like the tree standing up like this or three quarters of it. The other part of it's like this, just holding on to it. And we were getting 40 kilometer an hour winds and the thing I can just feel. I'm like, oh boy, I, I'm going like nose heavy here. I forget where I was driving, but I was yapping to you on the phone that day and you're like, no, nope, I'm getting down. <laughs> yeah, that was a different day yeah. and that day was not good. But the other day was also not good. So I was like, well, I'm getting down. I kind of got down a little early. But I went home, grabbed a quick quick breakfast, got back out there at about 11.30 and was set up by sitting by noon. Um, it was a good sit. It was a cold sit. Everything was perfect. I picked a new spot on a, a property I'd been on many times. The same property, I believe, that I shot him earlier this season. And uh, I had three, three does first come up, followed by two other does. And one did not like something she seen, something she smelt. They did come from downwind. And I was telling you, I think, um, the way these deer came in, it was almost if if they were scared, right? Like something had bumped them. Yeah, right? yeah you were saying something like that, whether they're getting chased along That's or right. bumped out. like. And I, I don't know what it was. It was just the way that they approached. It was too fast. Like it wasn't very calm. It was downwind. So a lot of things weren't right on their end, what you know, what you generally see. So... Uh, the one doe came up, she got to about 10 yards and she kind of jumped over another 10 feet and then she worked her way back another five yards. Now she's at 15 yards. And, uh, then she just kind of buggered off and she was snorting at me and she was not happy. She was stomping her feet. There was another doe that was stomping her feet. And then the two yearlings were, uh, just kind of not really caring. They were just grazing, whatever. And so they bugger off about 45 yards and I'm, I, I don't overly feel confident at 45 yards. I don't think that's uh, like that's beyond my comfort zone for shooting an arrow. Yeah, that's on a on a live target. Shooting papers one thing or a 3D targets one thing, but when you got a live target and there's there's so many different variables that you could run into like wow. And I'm just not willing to dabble with that. Exactly. Like I, well, I, I shot one at 20 with the weather we're having lately too. It's so unpredictable. You could get a wind come swirling through at any point in time and that 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 stuff affects your arrow flight. Like a hundred percent. 
Sure, it does. That's just that's just one of the unpredictable things about about making decisions when it comes down to shots like that. Like you have to have primo conditions, complete stillness, in order to even think twice about taking that. So I have respect for that. Yeah, and uh, they they went on. They did their business, and uh, I think we got to about four forty-five p.m. So still lots of light left. I think there would have been. 40 minutes or 35 minutes left of sit legally. Yeah, even, even 35 minutes of yeah. light left at that time. So it was good. You know, I, I could still, visual was great. Um, I noticed there was another buck that got up 70 yards from me that would have been bedded all day. And uh, I never seen him till he stood up. He didn't make an appearance over towards me, but I had seen that buck many times over. Um, a nice two and a half year old, maybe 120 inch buck. He's a nice deer. Um, so I've passed him many times and, uh, then kind of, I, I hear some more rustling behind me and there are some squirrels going nuts, but I, I turn around, I look, I press the camera on just in case it was a deer this time. Cause I wasn't ready for when them does come running at me and sure enough, it was a buck and I'm like, Oh, okay. Right on. So he comes in, he, he comes into the, that same spot where the does were about 40 yards. And I was like, Holy, he's got a giant cyst on him. This thing's about eight inches eight inches around. Yeah, it looked like a mini basketball oh, hanging off yeah. the side of him. Giant. And I was like, well, that's weird. And then, you know, he got to about 30 yards, and I was like, then I was telling you that tonight when we are looking at him. I was like, that side profile, like, that that looks like him. I was like, there's no way. Like, I didn't think there's no way he could have just survived that. But you, you, these things, man, are tanks. Yeah, man. White-tailed deer, anybody doesn't know any. Especially if they're horned up too, like the yeah they're yeah like these things are incredibly tough. Like it doesn't matter whether you're in Canada, South, you know the Midwest, Texas, whatever. These animals can take a beating. They give each other a beating. They will fight to the death. Like yeah, they literally do. Yeah, they they deserve a lot of respect. And in order to put one down ethically, you have to make the perfect shot. Hundred percent. So and we're all human. So carry on. So he got to that point where I was kind of like. If that's the same buck, he's got a wound. Could that be infected from the shot that I made, right? This is all going down as, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get the camera steady. Got him on camera up until he got out of, got out of the, uh, the angle. I grabbed my bow, tried to stop him. He wouldn't stop. Now he's interested in these does, right? So I'm like, hmm, maybe he didn't get a chance, whatever. He's been, he's been bunkered away if this is the buck that I shot. But I was like, I don't know. I thought he was acting real strange, and I mean, if he was hurting from that that cyst that he had, I was like, well, I don't, I don't really want that being passed around, and yeah, maybe put him out of his misery. I mean, they can do just fine. Sometimes that may, that cyst may not have bugged him at all. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know, we're we're getting down to the wire. We got two two and a half weeks left. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> but two and a half weeks left, and I I swore to myself, and I I told my wife that. This year, I'm not giving up a tag to to nothing. I'm not having tag soup on one tag. You know, I, I got lucky and I made I did great the first time around in muzzleloader, but I really wanted to fill both tags this year, and I really wanted to do it with one archery and one muzzleloader. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. That's pretty cool stuff. Right? I did the same with my turkeys, and I thought, you know, it'd be pretty cool to get, you know, one of each with one of each. So I was able to do that, put a shot on them, and, uh, obviously once me and Chris came across the buck, the shot wasn't where I wanted it to be. Um, the track job we did for 
three hours that night, over 300 yards, just over 300 yards. Yeah, it's never came on him. It's tough going, no snow. Yep. At night in swamp and swamp and not ideal blood yeah. trail either. Like you're, you, we were searching, we were searching. We did. I thought we did very well for what we were, mm. what we were finding. It really started how, to thin out there at the end. Yeah, and we we stayed persistent, and then we just, like I said, I maybe we're bumping this thing along and tough to tough to say because when we yep. gave up you were how far were we where you found him where we gave up because you pinned 15 it. yards 15 yards away from him when we gave up that night and then found him the next day so if you make That's a bad job. shot don't be scared to back out especially yeah. if you have the right temperatures at night i mean if it's 40 degrees you want to try to find that thing as soon as possible like 40 degrees celsius i'm talking about if there's any american friends listening to this because us Canadians go with the Celsius meter, not the Fahrenheit's. Like, but uh, what Monday night was what minus three, minus four? Yeah, it felt like minus ten. Yeah, it felt like minus ten with the wind chill, degrees Celsius again. So that was uh, no harm done to any meat. No. Laying overnight, just been like hanging in the meat cooler. So, but uh, definitely, definitely, anybody listening, do not be scared to back out. And regroup again in the morning because it is a hundred times easier to f- find these things in daylight with natural lighting rather than your special LEDs. I don't care how expensive your flashlight is. You don't see the same. And I got out there and I had looked the way we had gone way down where we thought maybe, yeah, there's a cell tower or there's a little red light. Thought that was the Luminoc. Mm-hmm. I looked the other way and I was like, holy crap. I was like, that log looks out of place. And at this point, I was 50 yards from where I put my the um the sled down that i was going to drag him out with and i was like there's no way so i go kind of walking over there slow and then slowly start to pick up my pace and you know i'm getting closer now i'm down to like 30 yards 20 yards and i can just see an antler and i'm like that's a buck i'm talking to him i'm seeing if he's still going see if he's still kicking nope he's done is done and that was it that's cool the rest wish, is history man i wish i wasn't pushing topsoil on a bulldozer when I got that phone call, I wish I was closer and could have come yeah. out and helped drag. But Queener made the drag, and uh, we, we'd kind of looked around a little bit, checked the area out, see if we could kind of see what he did. and um, we That's when we came across some footprints from me or you being 15 yards away from him. And I was like, well, we were, we were in here last night, so either we pushed him around or we didn't see him. Yeah. Tough call. I it mean, is a tough call. Likely, I think we pushed him around, but he, you, you really don't know. The way he was hunkered down, he was fully, uh, there was no white showing. His antlers weren't he was showing. Curled up. He was totally curled up with his head into the log. And, uh, yeah, it's. Yeah. If he wasn't walking around and he was still alive and we were looking for him, he definitely, he definitely hit himself. I've seen deer do that before, though. Mm-hmm. They try to bury themselves into something and hide and. They lay right out and get their head down and they cover up. It's amazing how much of the white that's on them that they can hide. By just, they know exactly how to position themselves. Like, I've seen it numerous times. So, yeah. Good I, on you for I figured them. you guys made a good decision backing out, too, when you did. Because with how that blood trail kind of thinned out coming up to that swampy area, like, it could have gone it could have gone south and he could have gone a lot further for, for all we know. Well, yeah, I mean, Chris, sure. you, I was telling you how far along that bush is, 
and he he still had yeah. a hole. He could have times that by three and went a whole other six hundred yards. Yeah, easily in a hurry. Yards. So yeah. it was uh, it it was nice. It was nice to end on that chapter. And I mean, um, <clears throat> you'd ask multiple times that night, like you know, at what point do you want to call it? And you know, with it being your own, it's so much harder to call it. Because you're, you know, you, you want to do what's right and you want to find that deer. It's so tough to leave it. I know the coyote population is great. And, you know, all those things play a factor. Heavy duty coyote population. <laughs> yeah, they are. And, and it was concerning. So, you know, I didn't want to back out. But, you know, flashback to when you shot your buck this year. Oh, right. Buddy, still having nightmares. <laughs> you, you didn't want to get out of there. No, we give her our all, right? Like, yeah. 100%. But it's it's a tough call to make, and it's good to have people that you know are around you that can can help you make that call. Because I personally, I would have stayed out there till midnight looking for that damn thing. Just that way, I know I could have slept and I I could have done my all. But you know, I I woke up on the Tuesday morning and had a giant breakfast, rolled out there, and was I was packed. I was packed to be out there all day until I found that thing. And fifteen minutes later. Fifteen minutes later. <laughs> yeah, picking up the phone to call everyone. I got him. <laughs> yeah, nothing better than that. Yeah. So that that's twenty twenty for me, man. It's holy. Well, man. I know Chris and I. We've had probably it's probably been the worst deer season I have ever had in my life for making harvests. Like in this, like my twenty first deer season. Like it's she's been tough. Yeah, I've seen I lots of good animals, but I wouldn't say it's been my worst. And I mean, don't take it the wrong way because I know some people are still out there trying to punch a tag. And Absolutely. Just because I I did get filled to my tags that, uh, you know, that's not really a worst season. There there's definitely a lot worse, but the, the lows were the the lowest of lows this year. Yeah. And the highs, yeah, they were incredible. But those lows, man, those were those were really Pretty low deep. lows. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I've had some funny lows, and I like losing yeah. hitting that buck in the shoulder blade was a super ba- big low for me. Yeah. Like I'd have much rather completely missed them. I'd have been over it already. Right? Yeah, Still 100%. having nightmares, but I mean, bear season that that was tough. Yeah, bear season sucked a lot. Twenty twenty's <laughs> been a year. Like forget about COVID. That's nothing compared to missing a deer and not recovering it. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> That's just, I agree with that. 100%. COVID's not got nothing on that. Yeah, COVID's got nothing on losing animals that you're trying to ethically harvest mm-hmm. and put nice, organic, nutritious meat in your freezer to feed our families. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, like from you know Chris and I, we definitely uh, big congrats on tagging out with yeah. a couple weeks left here. That that's cool. There's no better feeling. That, For sure. That freedom feeling right there. It's almost, I wonder if that's what retirement's going to be like, that little, ah, <laughs> uh, like, except, you know, yeah. you got some meat in the freezer here, you yeah. know what I mean? The, the yeah. pension's in the freezer there yeah. for the next year, but. All right. Well, you'll get there sooner than we will, you're old, but. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'll be calling you guys at work when I'm all retired out yeah, there. that's true. Hunting around. Lads, how's work? <laughs> True. Yeah. So I want to I want to uh, pick your guys' brain a bit too, Queener. Um, I wanted to get you on tonight for sure. Talk to me about your season because you've got some interesting stuff going on and a little bit of history there as well with a, a certain buck. And 
we need to hear about that. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a year that I think for the most part has been in my control as far as hunting and property goes. Um, early season didn't really pan out um, like I wanted to, but again, that all comes down to um, it being in my control. And I got into a property far too much early, which I think kind of ruined um, ruined that first few months of early season hunting for me which is super unfortunate but i'm glad i'm glad it happened taught me a lot of things and it it taught me to be a lot more patient especially when you have deer that are um quite mature and and deer that you have seen grow up and develop over camera um for x amount of years but um no that my target buck who i named ruth has come back into the picture uh, within the last two weeks, which is nice. Um, been there pretty consistent. And then as I got to looking at more pictures of them, um, I uh, I went back into the archives and pulled up some old trail cam pictures. And sure enough, um, Ruth, who used to be a typical 10, who is now a, a non-typical, I couldn't even tell you, it's bananas. Um, I had a shot at him in 2017 um, where I was using mechanical broadheads and for some reason I just didn't have enough punch behind my arrows but I end up uh, I end up poking this deer who I believe is still living and the one that I call Ruth um, so I, I poked him in 2017 didn't go recovered obviously um and that's why i think he's got this crazy genetic bone growth now going on onto his left side i mean last year he had a double main beam um coming off his left and this year now he's got like a a west coast choppers uh, drop time coming off of his left and his right side is still just as typical as it was when i had pictures of it in the, in the last few years so he's got that big inside um, point too yeah like just crazy stuff going on uh, with with how he developed over time, but if it is the same deer, I'm I'm glad that he is still living and is still healthy. Um, but at the same time, you kind of want to see you kind of want to see how those typicals end up, see how tall they really get. But I'm just fortunate that I have bucks back into the area, and um, I'm going to be more patient this time around because those are the deer you want to keep seeing, um, whether it be on camera or even 100 yards away. Um, whatever it may be, really. So, what's your uh, what's your gameplay for the rest of the season, chasing after Ruth? Um, hunt the right wins, and I pretty much learned that from from you guys. I mean, it's an obvious it's an obvious tip. Um, scent control is obviously a, a huge second to that. Um, these deer are smart. They they get uh, they get they get a lot older. Um, and it doesn't because they get dumber. Like they 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 know where you're at and at what times. And, and like Trev says all the time, the deer pattern you, and and you got to make yourself as as non-patternable as possible, and make sure that your game plan is is one step ahead of theirs because they are smart animals. And and like you guys mentioned earlier, they they can literally get through any anything because you're in their domain. They they they're not at your house. You're at you're at their barn. So, I'm glad you listened to that uh, third grasshopper. The, they pattern you hey, part. I'm glad you picked that hey, up. That's good. 
yeah definitely um and and it's very true because i mean that's that's what ruined my early season for me like the minute i parked the truck my hunt was over before i even knew it and i'd be five minutes into my walk and all the deer would be just blowing at me gone and i'm like whoa (laughs) here we go (laughs) so like and 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 for a property that i that i hunt that's so small i kind of call it like kind of like a rut zone because it's just like a travel corridor for these deer in between fields and bushes and whatnot um for property so small you need you need those does around you need real interaction for these bucks to to really latch onto and give them a reason give them the reason to be there um and that's only going to make your 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 smaller properties and even your big properties better is just making sure that that you're not you're not patternable Well, I hope you can uh, seal the deal on Ruth. I know I would certainly like to see what Ruth looks like up in person because I, oh. I mean, he looks like he's nine yeah. inches out on his left side. Like he is big. Yeah. Like listening to you two ladies, the last twenty four hours, you guys are belly aching about how sore you are over a drag. I gladly feel that pain right now to drag out Ruth with Chris or something yeah. like that. Like, no bring it on! Like, yeah. No kidding. No problems at all over here for that. That's that's good stuff right there. <laughs> I'll go I'll go sore for the rest of twenty twenty. Yeah. Just to uh just to harvest that animal. That would be that would be life changing for sure. Those are once in a lifetime deer and to be able to see them again on hoof, um, and get another poke at them is just like that's that's a that's a blessing in itself. Like those things don't come every day. No, bucks like that. That could be uh only a few times in a lifetime deer right there. Could be only be a once in a lifetime deer, but we got pretty good genetics around our area. We got lots of agriculture. Um, lots of lots of big bushes. There's I mean, there's huge deer everywhere. We just you just got to hone in on them and, yeah. and don't overhunt them as Chris says. Don't overhunt them. Yeah. Pattern them as best you can and I think that's where we're going to go next year. Heavy duty into it, Chris, with their heathen outdoors thing is we're going to tie into a bunch of quality cell cams and that's what we're going to rock. So we're not going into the, into yeah, the bushes and disturbing stuff once every two months yep. to put your minerals in the summer, minimal interaction with you in there. And then maybe one day we'll get a text message when you're getting, getting your gear on to go hunting. You get a little beep on your phone, you look and there's old Ruthie yeah, or Warhorse right in where you want them to be. And you're slipping in there on the right wind and Sometimes it's just, that's all you need. You just need something to write the story for you, and you just go in and put the end at the end of her. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. That's a big debate on uh, using the cell cams to that kind of advantage. But, I mean, if if you're concerned about the cell cams and what kind of advantage that gives you, I'll tell you right now, those deer are still at the advantage of beating you yeah. at this game. There's more to hunting than that. And if more you think that, that for sure. you know, technology is only going to grow. So this is honestly just the beginning, in my opinion, to what could be. I'm going to use every advantage I can to even try and get on their level. Because, I mean, it. It like you said, Chris, it's hard. It's hard to go after a mature buck. Heck, there's a mature doe at the same property that I got, just got my last buck on. And I mean, I I'm putting her at seven and a half years old for old sure. Old matriarchs, man, are harder to kill than a big than a big buck because they Cannot are on her. guard 
all year round yeah. because when they yeah. fawn, they're, smarter they're on guard. Shit. They're looking for every ounce of danger out in the woods, coyotes, cars, people, domestic dogs even, like mm-hmm. anything. Like they're watching out for their babies. They will they will run you down in, in early summer and literally hoof you. Mm-hmm. Like she, she's a bad program. Like <laughs> and, she's big, man. I like I yeah. it wouldn't be a stretch for me to say she's two hundred pounds. She's oh, huge. Just looks like a train car. Yeah. Just like, big square body on her. Big old yeah. brisket hanging out in front of her front legs at the bottom of her neck. Yeah, they're crazy. And it looks like a buck when they, they shed their antlers right around when snow falls. Like, man, she's she's smart. She's busted me at least three times. Oh, and yeah. the wind was perfect. She's come, you know, upwind. She's come facing me. Mm-hmm. Right? I got her wind blowing at me, and I'm like, perfect. This one, it's going to happen. She's looking around and now she starts blowing. At what? I couldn't tell you. But something she didn't like. Seeing the greasy little leprechaun 22 feet in a tree. <laughs> yeah. That's what yeah. she's seen. All right, old fart. How about you? What about, uh, I know your season's been tough, but what are you taking into the next couple weeks here? Well, I'm I'm done work Friday for the rest of the year. Uh, we do a we do a Christmas shutdown, so we're shut down, which is going to be awesome. So I'll be out every day that I do not have something for Christmas, which with this Rona stuff going on is pretty well going to be Christmas Day is the only day that I will not be in the woods. I won't be out Christmas Eve, obviously. I have stuff to do with my wife and my kids, but I will be out Christmas Eve morning for a morning hunt, and I'm kind of hoping it's not going to last through this coming weekend. I mean... I'm at a bigger, better advantage than Chris. I have two tags in my pocket, and they are both good for a doe. So that means I can shoot any deer that comes across in front of me if I so do desire. And uh, that's going to help out, I think, maybe on Saturday. I think I'm going to stroll down to my gully property and might make, might do that Sunday. i got to just see what the winds are doing. And like Chris said, I'm that's something I'm a very... I'm very big on hunting the only winds. They're only the right winds and going in only certain times and so many times. Like, Chris, you know for a fact how many times last year did we go deep into the property I call the deer farm? Like five or six? We had had gone out there, yeah, quite a few times, but it was very selective all over the place. And this year I haven't even been back there because on the days I could hunt, I haven't had the wind. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, and and, that's that's half the battle. Well, yeah, and then sure that the stars align in that route. Yeah, and when we when uh, it was early season and I had the right winds to go way back there, I didn't need to because all the information I was getting was right out at the field edge and the standing beans where you guys yeah. were making fun of me for passing that sweet four year old. But I mean, what? Why would you walk? Why would you walk way into the bush, four hundred yards into the bush, when you got, you know, three hundred acres of standing yeah. beans? Mm-hmm. so like it's at this time of year i wouldn't be walking this t- anywhere oh, this I'd be time sitting right on them beans well the beans are all tilled down now right but it's yeah. unfortunate but that's just changes it up um yeah my my i haven't got many cameras out i actually lost my sd card somehow had them all in a pack and they're gone so i got enough sd cards for three cameras i'm gonna restock on those after christmas i guess <laughs> so i got one camera out right now i'll have two more out this weekend and I'll keep an eye on them. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we get a, a north wind. I can go check out that food plot a time or two here. 
see if I can get a doe down there. Or, but I'm basically just, I'm meat hunting. I'm looking for something for the freezer. Nice mature doe or, or um, I won't, I won't shoot a real nice up and comer. But I mean, if I see something that's goofy looking or wounded, like Cam had the big basketball hanging off the side. If I see an injured animal, I'll, I'll definitely put a tag on that at this point in the game, but mm -hmm. never know. I've scored big on the last day in the last five minutes before, and maybe that thunder will strike again, so who knows. Yeah, you're due. I am definitely do. Yeah. Definitely do. Last, yeah, time no, I was, la last time I was in the gullies, I seen 15, and I seen two big shooters, like 140-plus inch deer. So, And that was only, I guess I would have been t three weeks ago now, but we had a week of control in there, so... Uh -huh. Yeah, so not bad. They're they're still around. I know they're around. Well, this is a perfect time. All the all those big bucks that you were seeing those two three weeks ago, now that the controlled the pressure's kind of off, so to speak, those bucks roll back. Oh yeah, all oh, those yeah. bucks are coming back. I'm I'm seeing bucks on camera. I got loads of daytime pictures of bucks, and and quality bucks, mature bucks, and uh, you know that was my goal to hold out on something of that caliber for sure. But, you know, there's other factors that play into in respect for me. So, and that's the way I went about it. But, yeah, these, these big bucks, are they'll be back. They'll be back on food sources, back to their regular properties. Well, that uh, buck that I had that shed his antlers last year before Christmas, his one side anyways, and was back before New Year's on the 28th with no antlers. For the last two years, he showed up on December 18th. That's Friday. So, yeah. And my brother was hunting Monday night, and when he was packing up the tree stand in the dark, he had a very wide, very tall buck at 18 yards in his flashlight. He sent me a little video. I can't see it on the video of the phone, but he sent me a video. You could see his eyes, and he's stomping around. He's back. That's him. I just haven't got him on camera yet that I know of. I haven't checked the camera since Sunday. I was there Sunday night. So, but again... Don't hunt it until you get the right wind. Yeah. And I haven't, I think I've been in that bush, that property, I think I've only hunted that property four times all season. Mind you, my brothers and my dad's been in there a couple times too, but that's, I only hunted on certain winds and yeah, that's that. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's, there's lots of time left, especially since I don't have any, a lot of family stuff with the coronavirus going on. I can definitely concentrate a lot of time on to stick it into the woods and trying to get it done and i'm i'm pretty confident i can get i'll i'll be able to get one tag filled i think i'll start filling them yeah i mean no hey, chris we got a we got a guy we can go do some archery pushing here in some public lands or something like that we got a <laughs> we got a new dogger here he can do some walking <laughs> see if we can get his legs to hurt a little more <laughs> yeah boy am i ever out of shape it's gonna be uh i mean i'll get out and film after you you fellers, for sure. I mean, I would like to repay the favor. You guys have helped me out many times now, so it'd be nice to see one of you guys put something down, for sure. Yeah. Put some in your own freezers. Yeah. Yeah. Good, definitely. Good I think uh, one thing before I I take off here, um, just want to say good luck to everyone who is still getting out. Um, and if you're not and you still have tags to go, I highly encourage it. Um, food sources are at a scarce minimum right now so like you said cam those bucks are moving and and they're moving in daylight and this is one of the times of the year for areas like this that you are going to see that movement um and and in the past few years i've that's that's when i get most of my 
um, most of my action during the day being on such a small property because it's tough to even get bucks in daylight in general. Um, so I, I would highly encourage getting out for the last few weeks of the year if you still have tags to fill. Um, yeah, that's all I got for you guys. Appreciate you having me on again. Yeah, absolutely. Cameron, and congrats for uh, tagging out on two bucks in the same year, which I know is your first, which is awesome. Yeah, I haven't uh, definitely haven't had a year where I've tagged out on two bucks. So can appreciate that. Thanks a lot for all your help. I miss the good old days where you used to put four bucks down on a controlled hunt because nobody <laughs> else that I hunted with knew how to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it, it's been a while since I got two deer in a year, or definitely two bucks. Never, never two bucks. So, it's cool, man. I, like I said, hopefully we're I'm repaying that favor for one of you guys or both, ideally in the next uh, week or two here. Yeah, it's definitely crunch time. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for jumping on, brother. We'll talk to you sooner yeah, than fellas, later. Thanks, yeah, we'll do. Okay, we'll talk to you, fellas. Well, that's it, brother. One HOD member down and another one to go. One down, one left. Ouch, that hurt. Yeah. So what? Uh, let's go over a little bit of the uh, equipment you were using on uh, October twenty eighth. What were you using? What was your setup? What happened there? What do you think happened there? Like I'm not putting down anybody's product. Let's get that out there first and foremost. Um, I think my personal opinion on using equipment is you got to pick the proper equipment for your setup. So some guys think they go out and they, they buy a bow or they have grandpa's old compound bow, which doesn't have a lot of energy or doesn't have a lot of speed. And they go out for these big, dirty mechanical broadheads that have big cut zones and and it just doesn't work. Like, you need to have the proper setup to make those broadheads work properly. So what were you using when you shot this buck the first time and we didn't recover him? Mind you, I'm not 100% sure what exactly happened there, but, like, what were you doing? What Talk about it. So, and yeah, I, I'm not knocking any product. I've been very fortunate in, uh, you know, th- this venture of this podcast has taken me to a lot of places I, I never thought it would go. Uh, when Marcello and I started this, this was literally over a couple pints and let's have a couple laughs. So the people that we've got to meet, the products we've got to use. Um, he never got to meet me in the podcast world. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate for him, but he's lost. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll jump right into the bow setup. So first off, I'm using a Bowtech again. I'm, this year I'm using the Bowtech Revolt. Uh, I love it. I'm shooting 70 pounds on the dot. Um, I don't think it's at its full maximum performance. You can actually get that bow to about 71 and a half pounds. I'm shooting at 28 inch draw and um, I love the bow itself. It's a great shooting bow. It's a great feel. It's dead in the hand. It's dead at full draw. And um, what I really think that came down to and you know, I, I shoot lots of target archery throughout the off season and I can shoot a good game archery but I don't think I've really invested enough thought and um, and really uh, I guess experimenting with weight of my arrows okay so you know I, I and take it from me that I've shot a 50 pound bow that's gone through deer a 50 pound bow that's gone through bears 
a 70 pound bow that has not put down deer now it has okay so it's not all in your poundage what i think the most crucial thing is right here so this arrow i've got an iron wheel broadhead this is only which the, is a beautiful piece of art i might add i mean this thing it is bone crushing okay that they've done many tests on how bone crushing these can really be um it's got two bleeder blades on it it's pretty it's pretty intense for something you're gonna sling i think a long yardage and through a lot of crap right a lot of thickets yep this, this would be a good arrow for that a good broadhead yep an inch and an eighth cut actually these aren't the inch and an eighth because the inch and an eighth are the new ones if i'm not mistaken i believe these ones are seven eighths but i would have to i would have to verify that 100 percent because i could be that's an inch and an eighth that's, that's an bigger inch and an eighth. that's bigger than seven eighths of an inch right there could be yeah you can throw that on tape measure it's yeah. the widest point right so so an inch and an eighth cut it's a uh, double bevel um fixed blade broadhead with the two small bleeders the two small bleeders are a quarter an inch and uh you know it, it really does all come down to shot placement was my shot 100 percent this day that i shot the buck originally back on october 28th did i make the perfect shot you know the blood after a certain point says yes. Um, you know, the the reaction of the deer when I first hit him, he threw the the back legs up, gave me the donkey kick. He got five feet, and he absolutely buckled. He just about rolled over, and he got back up, and he scratched down again, and then he took off. So, I mean, that's, you know, those are all great things to happen that you want to see after you've you've made a good shot at a deer, but... It didn't. Uh, it didn't work out for me, and perhaps it was just the shot placement. I mean, there's, you know, there's lots of people that are having great success with these things, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like you, so you see, people su- having great success with just about every broadhead one and thing arrow do, combination on the market. So yeah, one thing I do really like about these um, was the fact that you can shoot through something, and they're so sharp when you first get them that you could shoot something again, and I, I would feel confident doing that provided it's not scratching through the ground or hitting a tree and you're pulling it out and it's good to go right if this thing's just going right into a cornfield into dirt i would have no problem right out of the box shooting that again you know like i said i think it 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 could be shot placement i don't think i actually only run um 100 grain broadheads always have run 100 grains i run a 340 spine with my 70 pounds right now on an eastern axis arrow and um, I just run the standard aluminum, I think it's 14 grain insert, HIT insert that comes with them. I think they're 25 grains, actually. That could be a little heavy, but I, I think they're pretty low. They're low, right? Because your, your brass are 50? 75. Oh, are they? Yeah. Okay, so they, they, they could be 20. Um, but regardless, you know, that's not really much weight. And I think the arrow total of this is coming to 469 grains total three fletch for your arrow lengths like your arrows are what 27 and a half 28 and a half 28 and a half carbon to throat or the knock and then you got your broadhead um dhit aluminum and a three fletch with a luminoc on the end or a nocturnal rather um yeah it's this this year i'm going to be changing that up i'm actually going to be going with the killing sticks archery arrows and i'm going to be putting a 50 grain half cert on that so it's half in half out little more weight up front and i'm going to be experimenting with two types of broadheads or the same type of broadhead but two weights 125 and 100 
So that's going to be, um, I think I need more weight. Need more FOC. I need to carry more kinetic energy. Definitely. Definitely like need this. to hit him with like a freight train. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, that's good. 470 grain arrow for my draw length. Um, I, I'm not a speed demon. I don't care for speed. I just want this to hit the right spot, and I want to hit it with the right um, measurable weight. Obviously, that weight isn't there. So that is, uh, I think, the biggest factor. It could have been shot placement, and I think it could have been my uh, my weight on my arrow. Yeah, it's a tough call. There's not a camera on the end of the broadhead to see what happens when you nope. when you shoot them. But, yeah, that's, that's a good little bit of information. So um, one thing that, you know, if you want to have a little argument over something or difference of opinion here, um, mm-hmm. my personal opinion is this. So this iron wheel broadhead, like you said, is a double bevel. So it basically looks like something a lot of trad bull guys would shoot, mm-hmm. which... They're very, they're quite similar to the DRTs. Yes. Uh, yeah. The dirt, dirt nap, nap gears. Yeah. But um, if I shot this and missed it, and it went into a cornfield and touched dirt, this broadhead wouldn't get shot again until it was properly sharpened. My personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm going off the uh, theory that everybody, well, you and I are both in the construction trade. How many times have you cut your finger with a sharp awful knife or a dull awful knife? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The uh, the old saying is, you never hurt yourself with a sharp knife. Every time you cut yourself, it's a dull knife mm-hmm. because you're forcing it. So I think if this broadhead wasn't perfectly sharp when you shot it, that could have been a partial reason why you didn't, one, get the cut or the blood you wanted because... You cut yourself with a jagged edged, rusty old Ulfa knife. It's going to bleed, but the bleeding stops a lot faster than it does if you cut yourself with a brand new one. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many. Like, for anybody listening to this, uh, I'm going to tag another guy in this. And I've been watching all of his videos on YouTube, The Ranch Fairy. And he is big, heavy, heavy arrow setups, lots, like, high percentage front of center. And he is crazy for single and double bevel broadheads. And he, he'd call that arrow set up right there, Twizzler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's funny. He's a character. He He's is funny. definitely a character. Like, he makes me look sane. <laughs> as long as you can, you know, there is a point. I, in, I would argue that. Uh, I think those are great. I think but these there are does awesome broadheads. become a point where a lot of weight is too much weight. Yep. You got to so, keep it accurate, right? Like, and yeah. you got to have the proper spine and your air. Like everything's got, everything's got to match. Like you just can't go buy a, a 200 grain broadhead and put them on your Canadian tire arrows with, and then throw Luminox on it and think you're good to go. No, it doesn't work that way. You have to do your research, get your shaft, get your broadhead, figure out what insert you're going to use, whether it's like you said, a half cert, insert, outsert. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whether you're going to put a, a knock collar on it to have a little more weight out back to help balance an arrow out because that's exactly what they do. Mm-hmm. Maybe add a fourth fletch to help steer. But like you were saying how earlier in the year you were telling me on how incredibly accurate these iron wheels And I would still back would that fly. up 100%. You know what I mean? At and 60 yards, you can have those things touching. You don't want to aim at the same spot at 60 yards with those. No, exactly. So my setup next year, 
because I got I already got the 300 spines. I'm bumping up to big FOC, and I'm probably going to look at getting 150 grain. It was 150 grain, but it's bigger cutting yeah, diameter ones. Have, um, is it inch and seven eighths or inch and three quarters? I think, I think he's got one. It's almost two inches. Yeah. I'm going to check this and, out. Uh, that's what I'm personally going to go with because hitting that shoulder blade on that big buck with a large cutting diameter mechanical was devastating. Like it's, they're just not, they're not designed to do that. They're designed to slip, excuse me, between the ribs and through the lungs and the heart and not go, go through the big dirty shoulder blades. Yeah. And I mean the wide like, series, like yeah. the word is, yeah. you got wide, wide series, series yeah. buff series. So, uh, the testing that Bill has done with these, absolutely incredible. Um, there's a cool video that they have on YouTube of it penetrating a moose. Two inch, uh, two and one eighth of an inch cut. Total cut. That is incredible. And a three quarter bleeder blade. So on these ones here, <laughs> that's a half inch step up on the just the bleeder alone. <laughs> right? Like that is. That is that's getting some nasty cover. looking stuff. Nasty, nasty. And for full how send. true these fly. I would certainly spend the money again to buy a bigger one. Um, and one thing I would definitely do is, like you said, sharpen them. Sharpen them, learn how to properly do that. I spoke with a gentleman at Lee Valley Tools in London, and he told me the appropriate things that you know that are kind of in close proximity I could just go pick up. He said, bring them on in. I would show you the leathering hone. He said, I'd show you how to do that. I can show you the appropriate stone that you want for that. I believe that. The, if, like, the old boys in the Western movies, you see, you see them wiping them on their knives on their gun strap or on their belt. It's called stroping. Yeah, it's and not. It, uh, and it polishes that, your that, that wasn't just something back in the old Western movies. That was That's something that's, that they do. That's exactly what they do. That And that look at that thing. Jesus. Yeah, those are, those are some nasty-looking mm. broadheads. So, I mean check these things out iron will broadheads they are absolutely incredible and um certainly first off before you start just throwing a bunch of weight on there listening to us fools is make sure that your arrow setup is flying accurate because beyond weight and beyond what looks cool and beyond color scheme and everything else accuracy if you're not, one. if your setup's not accurate, you may as well Don't leave it in the closet. So, did I approach the you know every hunt this year with the the right setup? Perhaps not, but was it the most accurate? Yes, very accurate. Yep. So you know, I've shot of, with you. We we're shooting you know extended ranges there over the pond, and you're definitely yeah. definitely got an accurate shot. You know what you're doing. So, so th- there's there's lots of things to dabble with. That's what's great about. Um, archery rifle hunting you know this is this is one thing i'm super excited about to jump into is uh dog hunting with you yeah man because there's a whole new chapter right there my wife hates it it's like deer season's over now it's coyote season (laughs) and then it's shed season then it's turkey season then it's fishing season and it's back into deer season she's like it's always a season i'm just like it's just the seasons like it's the way the seasons go the seasons change i said i got a few more than four seasons like what do you want (laughs) (laughs) i mean i just just don't go summer autumn winter and (laughs) spring you know what i mean no, I think there's there's a lot of different applications. Uh, you know, I do have two types of broadheads, and I have expandables, and I have fixed blade. I carry both in my quiver. I think one's better in an open area than another. Yeah, but uh, now that these guys offer that larger cut, that that's more appealing to me. 
Um, I've had a lot of luck with a larger cut diameter, right? So yeah. that's something I would go to. I mean, if you had to stuff that thing in, in the heart, that deer wouldn't have made it out of the field the no, first absolutely. time. No, absolutely. And you put it the right spot on two lungs, and it, it's also done. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. There's, it's uh, just, like, the big thing, even when you're using, and I, I even told Chris this, um, even when you're using a fixed blade that has re- fixed blade broadhead that has replaceable blades or he was shooting the g5 montex and he had stuffed it in a target a few times i'm like you need to sharpen that up he's like no man it's good i said it's not good i said cut yourself with it it'll hurt if you cut yourself with it and it's sharp you won't even know you cut yourself like those it. those wounds they cut so many microscopic little vessels and parts of the tissue that, that well, there you go. Flying everywhere. the pyramid's <laughs> falling over <laughs> like those an extremely like a sticky or a tacky sharp blade will cut so much microscopic matter and in the wound channel it'll never stop bleeding mm-hmm. like it'll literally have to be cauterized or stitched up in order <laughs> Or just run out of blood for it to stop bleeding. Like mm-hmm. it's, I I don't know how many times I've cut these big old stupid mitts of mine, and all the rough dull knives. Yeah, you don't even bat an eyelash, but you hit yourself with a brand new knife. Like you're looking for the crazy glue, or you're going to the going to the hospital to get sewn up. So mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be uh, this this year's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna get to play around with a few more things, a few more opportunities at hand, and. 2021 is going to be a going into it with much more up here oh yeah for sure learning you know every year is a learning curve if you say that you carry on to the next year and you didn't learn anything then i think you did something wrong i mean this is my 21st deer season coming to an end here in the next two weeks and it's been my best season for seeing mature animals i will second that like big animals yep and I've I one thing I learned and one thing I'm not gonna do next year is because mostly well, a lot of the reason is because I never ended up laying eyes or even getting a picture of the deer that I was after. I'm not gonna hunt just one deer. I'm gonna go in there. Mm-hmm. If it is a good deer and I have an opportunity at it, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna get back almost back to the roots and I'm gonna not so much trophy hunt. I was just so <clears throat> focused on trying to find that deer and he's such he was such a hard animal to hunt like i know there's at least 10 guys that know about him and not a single one of them has seen him on hoof and and i I don't even know if there's a photo of him this year on trail camera he may not even be alive could be the like i was putting him last year at seven and a half or eight he could have he could have died on a cold cold night last year could have froze to death wore down from the rut Mm -hmm. i don't know these things like so I, I got nothing to go off of. Nobody has any velvet pictures of him. So, I mean, I'm moving on to this guy that shows up at my other property right now or maybe get lucky and something will wander past in the gully. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's that's the way it is. But well, definitely going to be definitely going to learn some stuff. So it's been a slice. It's been a slice. It's been 55 minutes of intense awesomeness again it was a pleasure hosting your podcast for you and thank you hope we did all right and like i said don't let it happen again don't let it happen (laughs) again well 
No, it's don't uh, have such a cool story where you get to shoot and release a buck and then shoot him again. Yeah, really. <laughs> as bad as that sounds, but I know it's it's all part of it. If you've done it long enough, you're gonna come across it. Maybe, mind you, you're the first guy I know that gets to shoot a deer twice, a month and a half apart. So that's pretty cool. And you that's, never know what can happen. No, that's you never know what's gonna happen, and that's a that's a really cool way to. To close the chapter on that on that deer and yeah we're shutting her down yeah she's <laughs> shut down like he's he's hanging from the feet went for a ride in the truck yeah <laughs> he did go for his ride yeah so, so this is episode number ten and um next week is going to be the last week that's gonna get us yeah next Wednesday is going to take us to. The last episode of the Whitetail Wednesday for 2020. Well, when you do one and the, the cover the last week, like so, you do the 12th. It's yeah, 12 weeks of the I season, could. right? You do yeah. 12 weeks. You yeah, do, I could. I could do that. Who am I? I don't even own, run the podcast yeah, here. Yeah, I'm just some numfy that listens. He's calling to it. the shots now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give the guy the reins one night. All of a sudden, he owns the joint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it. Yeah. Thank. Thanks for coming over and uh, sitting in. And Chris, thanks again. Um, obviously I'll be chatting with you guys likely tomorrow, but, uh, if you guys are following along and you want to get your story heard or want to talk about your misfortune or your success, would love to hear it. And you can shoot me a message, a DM on Instagram or Facebook. You can also send me an email, www or visit the site, www.ontariooutdoorpursuit.com or email me. Uh, my email is on that web page. Check out the new gear I have. Hats uh, are still available, so get toques. Well, you still can. There's only so many left. Still some greens, only a couple khakis. Um, Maybe one less when I leave here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for the support, and uh, it's been awesome this year. But if you want to get that story heard, get it in as soon as possible, and we can arrange a phone call. It's always a blast, Treb. Thanks again, and no we will problem. see you guys next week for episode number 11. Mm-hmm.